Hello there and welcome to Boots Presents Taboo Talk, the podcast that asks the most important, most awkward and most taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. Today we're going to be discussing health hacks for women in their 40s. What no-brainer health routines should women be investigating at 40 and beyond? What is happening to your body at that age and why and what does it mean for things like exercise, diet, sex, teeth, skin, hair, nails, good health and so on. Whew. To discuss all of this, I've been joined by two amazing guests. First up, we have Kate Lawler. Kate is a best-selling author, radio DJ, podcast host, and content creator. Ever since shooting to fame after winning Big Brother in 2002, Kate has been a regular on TV screens and radio airwaves. Very into her fitness and looking and feeling her best, Kate will explain how she changed up her wellness routines after turning 40. Joining Kate is Dr. Nigat Arif. Dr. Nigat is a GP and educator specialising in women's health and family planning with over 16 years experience in the NHS and private practice. The resident doctor on BBC Breakfast and ITV's This Morning, Dr. Dr. Nigat has won multiple awards for her work in women's health and has just released a book called The Knowledge, your guide to female health from menstruation to the menopause. Before I officially welcome them to the show, a quick note to listeners. If you're worried about anything to do with your physical or mental health, please visit your GP. You can also visit the Boots Health Hub as well as the Boots Online Doctor, which offers convenient and discreet advice, support and treatment for some areas of women's health. Access to treatment will be subject to an online consultation with the clinician as well as to availability and charges now back to the show I'm actually really excited for the first question are you well because I I, I asked I asked my doctor this and I'm like I don't know if I believe it you obviously Dr. Nigan are a specialist in women's health so can you kind of do anything you want until you're 40 and get away with it <laughs> oh, that's such a tricky question. So, no, you can't do anything that you want. That's oh. my simple answer. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Pardon. <laughs> Devoed. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to get cancelled. That's like cancel culture, isn't yeah. it? Right there, straight can you, away. Can you just pretend her off. that we can? Yeah. Um, no, I couldn't. My ethics as a doctor wouldn't let me do that. Well, so do you know, you can drink like weekly and stuff like that, like not go too wild. You can drink 14 units, which is a recommended amount. So I'm not saying no to alcohol, mm-hmm. everything in moderation. What, could you do it all in one night? If you do it all in one <laughs> night, that's a binge. And actually, yeah. that's not great. Really? Because I would, I don't really like the taste of alcohol. I would consider myself a binge drinker because I don't drink very regularly. But when I drink, I might have like six or seven drinks in a night. So that's kind of like binge drinking. That's a binge drinking. drinking. Yeah. What, six that or seven? Is, yeah, glasses six or seven glasses of wine a night. Is she's a, binge a nightly drink. Oh, I suppose binge. that's a bottle, isn't it? <laughs> that's a bottle. So yeah, no, I would have a, like two And then three. you need to look at the alcohol content in a bottle. So it I'm a vodka on, though, which is yeah, probably... Yeah, so it's a spirit. So that's, that's quite me. strong. Excuse me, you drink... <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> look, no judgment here. She no can have a bottle. Excuse me? Yeah, excuse me. I'm sober four days now. Thank you very much. So, like... Do you think at 40 you really have to kind of take stock and be like, right, I can't do the binge drinking anymore. I have to really start focusing on my health. We should always be focusing on our health regardless yeah. of our age. So I always say you need to, in your 20s, you need to think ahead to your 30s. In your 30s, you need to think ahead to your 40s. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be a crunch time in your 40s that the stuff that you could get away with in your 20s and 30s just doesn't cut it yeah. anymore. So you now need to be a bit more sensible because you're planning ahead for your 50s and your 60s and your 70s. And whether we like it or not, this is an aging skeleton. 
Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. I'm aging. And I can tell you as I'm hitting 40s, losing weight is so much harder. Curbing my sweet tooth is so much more difficult. Trying to put the exercise in. Your kids are more demanding. Your parents mm-hmm. are getting older. So it's not just about your own physical health. It's about the external factors that also you need to factor into account, which you didn't have that in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. And in your 20s, you could kind of get away with more. Like you wouldn't feel as awful as like, let's say, if even if, if I had a glass of wine, which I don't drink, I would really feel that the next day. My body is just like, it's like poison. I don't know about you guys, but in your 20s and 30s, like you feel you're bomb proof. Like you yeah. literally... You feel like you're invincible. Yes. Yeah. So even if somebody had said to me in my 20s, you need to like look ahead to your 30s, I'd have been like... Shut Get. up. Like, what? No, I'm yeah. having fun. Like, I know. You d- or like, I, I just, you feel, you want to have all the fun. Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to listen and calm down because you don't, you definitely feel like, already. I, I, I should be dead. Like, really, <laughs> in my 20s, the stuff I did in my 20s, I, I feel like I was bond proof. I'm but glad I, I did it die? in my 20s though. Same. I am. But do you not yeah. find that, I mean, maybe it's just me, and I've got three kids, I've got to the point where I'm nearly into my 40s and I, I'm just tired. I like eight o'clock. I'm, I'm ready yes. for bed. Yeah. Someone someone mailed me last night and asked me to go and meet them at nine o'clock at night. I was like, sorry. You're like nine p.m. Nine a.m. Nine p.m. Yeah, p.m. Yeah. I was like, sorry, I'm in bed. I don't mean no. to sound like a loser, but like half I'm in eight, bed. I'm ready for bed with like a little toddy. That's <laughs> yeah. We've just booked our restaurants. We're going on holiday next week, and like we've made reservations for six thirty p.m. Oh my god, stunning. Ideal oh night now isn't going out to a nightclub with a sticky floor and getting in at 6am and then not going sticky to bed till the next floors. What afternoon. is it? That was sticky floors. Gross, isn't it? But now it's just like dinner, not please. Not bed to the next <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> in my 20s, I got fired from a job. They were like, we feel like you don't want to be here. And I was like, no, I, do you know what? I don't. I'm just having too much fun on the weekend. I turn up on Sunday <laughs> afternoon and I hadn't been to bed. Oh, God. It was with Andy Peters, right? It was on the Capitol. It was a radio show. Hit Music Sunday. And he would arrive, having just been to the gym, having baked banana bread. He's not a drinker. With a Wagamama's. And he would just be like... Just glowing. having this glow around him. Anyway, they just said you're having like we get the impression you're not interested. In you're doing having way too much I was fun. like, to be fair, I, I really like going hey, on a Saturday you're night. You're like you're like the coolest fun person. I was. Like, if you want to be around till two o'clock, it sounds like you're the person to be around. Nowadays, I could two, just say, I could I, I can make it two o'clock, but then but then it's the next day, and it's not just the next yeah, day; it's yeah. the day after. Yeah. It is, and it's your moods after that. But with women's hormones. <clears throat> So obviously we know that they change all the time, but with perimenopause as well, are our hormones just constantly changing? So when we're 40, is that when they start changing again? Yeah, they do. Absolutely. So our hormones are constantly changing. We're cyclical beings. And when you approach your 40s, so actually if you look at the SWAN study, uh, which is the first study that looks at black and Asian communities, it shows that black women and Asian women probably go through perimenopause two years earlier. So around the age of about 39 or 38, when you end up getting a drop in estrogen and a drop in progesterone. And when that happens, your brain just goes, oh, okay, she's transitioning, because you're genetically programmed to do this. All women who menstruate are going to be going through this transition, but that year of transition will be about 10 years before you get to one year without a period. And that's when we say this is now menopause. And when it gets to one year, one day without a period, then we say, ah, this is post-menopause, and you're post-menopausal for the rest of your life. The, the crazy thing is, which is a lot of people don't understand about women's bodies, and I, I love women's bodies, I can tell you as a woman, <laughs> but they're incredible because our brain is adapt, adapts to our genetic makeup to be able to make the accommodations 
for the changes in hormones that happen around our 40s. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So our brain then starts to go, oh, but I need estrogen because now she's not making so much. But estrogen, I liken it as a doctor now that I've dealt with it for so many years, is a bit like a lubricating hormone. So the brain goes, oh, my God, but I need this because this is keeping everything functioning. It's keeping my collagen supply up. That's why skin is lovely and and plump. It's keeping my blood vessels around the heart going. So that's what's managing my blood pressure all sorts of functions so the brain then sends a signal back to the fat cells going please can you produce me some more hormones and so that's why we find it a real struggle to lose weight because our fat cells accommodate because we need the right amount of weight and structure for our bones now the other hormones that go out of kilter is our serotonin which is a happy hormone a melatonin which helps our sleep um our cortisol which is our stress hormone and adrenaline and noradrenaline so if you think about it if your melatonin isn't so great then no wonder around perimenopause your sleep goes out of whack you know you find it really hard to sleep or for example your palpitations or anxiety levels so I get a lot of women who say look my brain I just can't remember stuff I've got brain fog and think that they've got on early onset dementia Mm. and that really is because your brain takes over that function because you are programmed genetically programmed yeah. Now, can I ask another really strange question? Only because my friend Joanne <laughs> said this to me. She said when you start getting like older, like 40 and above, your body short starts shooting a double eggs because it's like, quick, 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 get pregnant. Is that true? Yeah, uh, sort of. <laughs> so we know we <laughs> uh, your body sort of goes a bit. Last chance. Yeah, yeah. it is. It last chance saloon. There is sort of that theory as well. But also we know from the age of about 35-ish, the supply, because you're born with the number of eggs, your mm. supply of eggs also decreases as well. Remember, we've got to account for the fact that you will get cysts, which are just fluid-filled sacs that also appear in the ovaries. Mm-hmm. Um, they're nothing worrying at all. But that can also be a factor as well. So you, your body then slightly becomes slightly confused because of the fluctuations of estrogen and progesterone. And so, yeah, you can have two eggs. And in fact, I've had a patient once, that sort of last chance saloon, who thought that... Um, she couldn't fall pregnant now that she was over the age of 40 and ended up having twins because she released two eggs. When I met you for my podcast, I did a podcast about the possibility of whether or not to have a child because I wasn't keen, my husband was. We thought it would be a good idea to go to a fertility clinic Mm. and uh, they they didn't know why we were there. But I think usually if you're at a fertility clinic, you're having trouble conceiving, right? So I went in and she did an internal scan and she was like, you're super ovulating. And I was like... Oh, okay. What does that mean? She went, there's two eggs being released this month, so twins. So go on. Off you go. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> Not no, no, this no, month. I'm, I'm here for the different reasons. Also, I was like, also, does that mean I'm super ovulating every month? And if I do decide to try, can I come back to make sure I'm not super ovulating when I try? <laughs> because I was like, the thought of twins terrified me. Like, yeah. one was the compromise. And then I just thought, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have twins. I know, because I'm a twin as well. So my ah, so your yeah. chances increases. Well. Yeah, yeah, of and course. I was trying at a later age as well. So I, I was convinced. I had twins when I felt I was going to have twins when I felt pregnant but it was that's only one that's crazy like, so our bodies what, are amazing they right? are they are so they? incredible what about other physical changes when you get to 40 like does it like like you you said about it's harder to lose weight like if you're like exercising and training, is it harder to recover from injuries? Like what else happens? Yeah. When you so if you 40? think about it, like estrogen helps our muscle recovery. Estrogen is, like I was saying, this lubricating hormone. It helps our bones. So things like osteoporosis, you know, prevention against osteoporosis. But I always say you've got to take a head to toe approach with perimenopause. So it's your hair. And we love our hair so much, don't we? But obviously, yeah. as estrogen decreases, the strength in your hair. So we do get some shedding, but that will come back later on. 
Yeah. You'll end up getting hair where you don't want it, like your face. Oh, I've noticed that. Oh, my gosh. Beard <laughs> over here. Going, hair on my, <laughs> my face. <laughs> I will look in a magnifying mirror one morning. I've got no hairs on my chin. The next day, I've got a hair the length of bloody... They come in tunnel. a day. And they come in a day. Thick and fast. And they're suddenly just this big. And there's just one as well. I found know. one on my nipple the other day. I was really upset. <laughs> No, it was really long. I'm sorry. How did they get so I long? I out without him seeing. And, and so dark and hair, as well. Like, yeah. Vogue, you're not right. I feel like, because I fell pregnant at 40, I don't know if it's having a child or me being in my 40s, but so much has changed in the last two years. I've just turned 43 and I feel like, like, Hair on my head, losing it. Face, like skin used to feel like porcelain. It feels like yeah. a piece of thin cling film. The head, chin hairs. The, mm. like, the body changes, like my... The, again, like I feel yeah. like I'm in good shape, but exercising shape. is hard now. Yeah. Like I've run four marathons and I ran my first marathon as a 40 something year old last year. And I, I, I was I could not run. I my hip didn't even know that oh. I'd hit anything wrong with my hip hurt the whole way round. And it was yeah. the slowest marathon I've ever done. Um, and I just that's the last one I'm doing. And well, I don't know if you did one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but it was incredible. so different. As a, I don't know if it was that because I've had a child and my body's changed. I, I don't know if I can put it down to having a child or if I'm in my 40s. Maybe it's a combination of the two. But it was interesting running as if like, yeah. I, I really felt the pain. Yeah, and think- usually what happens is is because when we are, again, the, coming back to the hairs being everywhere, is the distribution changes because of distribution. The third hormone that we haven't talked about, which is testosterone, and women do have testosterone. There's a myth that we don't have it, but we do. But that when you get that sort of variation in distribution of those three hormones, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, then your hair quality changes. Yeah. But also estrogen is great for like our collagen and also our fi- fibers around our muscles. So you need that back in order to make sure that you're building lean muscle mass. So you don't even need to have arthritis or anything like that in your joints, but your muscle mass is what's going to cause the aches around and the aches and pains. Does your muscle mass change as you... Yeah, so we know that you lose your lean muscle, so your ability to sort of uh, support the joints. We know that that happens, hence why weightlifting in over 40s is actually far better to help produce better lean muscle than say going for a massive run or doing cardiovascular exercise and it, and it's really a variety of different exercises to make sure that you're a- attacking and changing all the different muscle fibers around your body yoga and pilates has that core you know they, they keep saying after having babies yeah. look after your core it always comes back to that mm-hmm. because your core will then help your pelvic floor muscles because if you think about it if you're losing estrogen then the pelvic floor muscles lose their laxity so things like stress incontinence um prolapses so that's the vagina or the rectum falling through the vagina uh, sorry your your womb or the rectus falling through the vagina and that can all come about and also you find that having sex is so difficult or you leak urine whilst having sex because of, of the laxicity in the muscles around your pelvic floors how can people stop that though if it's happening to them because oh, i always I, I there's a chair that i used to sit on all the time and like it was after no, it was <laughs> my sex chair. Um, it was after having uh, babies. I really was very conscious of my pelvic floor. Um, and I used to sit in this chair that buzzed you. But actually, you have to like, you have to constantly work on your pelvic floor for yes. your entire life. Yes, definitely. It's a entire life. I'm sort of talking to 15, 16 year olds before even having babies saying, look, you know, we're talking about being bomb proof. But actually, it's it's that sort of habitual habit that you've got to do to look after your pelvic floor muscles. 
And um, the reason is, is because if we've got greater abdominal pressure, so obesity being one of the biggest causes, and as we know, that's increasing in the teenagers, then that's going to also put pressure on especially women around your pelvic floors, which means that you're going to have difficulty with things like stressing and stress incontinence. And as we get older, even through your pregnancy, it's making sure you're doing pelvic floor exercises, keeping up your diet, making sure you're doing core exercises, so come back to Pilates and yoga, and then your diet is so important. So try and make sure that you've got great phytoestrogens, so things like soya-based products, salmon, you've got your magnesiums in there, which also help muscle strength as well. Mm. Um, and everything that you can do with your diet, which is, as we always say, the, the rainbow diet to get all the eat nutrients the yeah. eat the rainbow it sounds like estrogen is really important <clears throat> is, is there anything else we can do to help boost our estrogen so or are we just going to lose your it lose your it? own estrogen supplies come through your own body making it we know that our fat stores produce it our brain produces it our ovaries and our reproductive organs produce it you can definitely help that with say things like exercise keeping your you know your body nice and healthy and also diet as well cutting down on alcohol definitely cutting down smoking and then if you need to this is where I think we've got to really have that open conversation around hormone replacement therapy mm -hmm. and not be afraid HRT. of HRT yeah. and not be afraid of it the problem that we've had with HRT is I think um the biggest thing is is the the studies, the Million Women study that said HRT equals breast cancer. And mm. that was all over the media. And that caused a lot of scaremongering and fear. And fear in clinicians like me, mm. who were really scared to prescribe HRT for my patients, thinking I'm going to give this patient breast cancer. But the thing that we've got to understand with breast cancer, and this is really important, is that <clears throat> our breasts change on a cyclical basis anyway. So I started my cycles when I was about 12. And every month when I have a period, my boobs are quite sore. And that happens to a lot of women. And the reason they're sore is because my own estrogen is working on my breasts and the estrogen receptors that are within my breasts. They increase a little bit, so you get inflammation. Where you mm. get inflammation, you get soreness. But also you get changes in cells. When you get changes in cells, you get mistakes. When you get mistakes, you and I will say, breast cancer. Yeah. So if I had seven negats in this room, one of us, unfortunately, would get breast cancer because the risk is one in seven. And that's because on a monthly basis, those changes are happening. And at some point, those changes will happen, which will have a drastic life-changing consequence but that's why screening comes into play as well and that's why we also know that breast cancer isn't just reserved for older women younger women unfortunately can get it and that's why it's really important to think of breast cancer as say as we would do other chronic diseases yes it's a terrible condition I've got family members who've got breast cancer and obviously I've got patients that I look after but actually more women now survive mm. much longer disease-free once we pick it up early and treat it. But the risk of HRT and breast cancer is tiny compared to, say, obesity. If your body mass index is 30 and above, um, your risk of breast cancer increases by 50%. Wow. Yes. I'm getting a lot of... Um like when you hit 40 like I've always I know you love exercising I love exercising not everybody loves it but I'm getting like when you hit 40 you really need to start looking at that side of your life and even mm. when you say something like that like 50% like that's Massive. We don't see that on billboards anywhere, no. do we? That obesity is linked with the things like breast cancer. 
And, and, and unfortunately, we're missing that bit of the jigsaw, but we will vilify things like HRT very quickly. Yeah. And we, alcohol plays a alcohol huge part. Alcohol play, plays a huge part as well. Um, even stress, high cortisol levels, we know, plays a, a factor in, say, some cancers as well. Yeah. And smoking, and I mean, how many people smoke? And we never say, and even though they know that there's a risk of carcinogenic cancers with that, the, the biggest thing is, is that we now know that um, there are differences between synthetic so and then body identical hormone replacement therapy and body identical hormone replacement therapy given to women who are younger. So below the age of 50. So that's a patch or a gel or a spray that goes through the skin um, talks to your cells and says, look, I'm here. I will replace the estrogen that you need to give you symptom control. Actually, the data shows that doesn't increase your baseline risk because your risk is there anyway. Like I said, yeah. I don't take HRT, but I know that I'm living with a risk of one in seven. Yeah. But my background risk on a younger woman taking HRT, estrogen as a transdermal body identical, um, doesn't increase. Now, you are mad for exercise. Did you feel like when you hit 40, you had to kind of change things around? Like you just said, you'd never do a marathon again. But is there anything else that you would avoid? A month ago, joined a gym and I've been four times and I do this workout called Sculpt and it's lots of weights, but we're on a mat and we're doing loads of weight work and I love it. And it really suits me. I really do miss like hot Pilates because I was doing that as well, but they don't do that at my gym. So I'm kind of changed now. In my 20s, I loved running. In my 30s, I loved boxing, hot Mm. Pilates. And now I'm finding myself... Like you say, I'm really pleased that you said that's good for me because that's so good. doing the weights yeah. and... Right. I, but I'm surprised that you're saying that people like... Because people, especially women, can be quite scared of weights because they're always worried about bulking <laughs> yeah, up. But yeah. you know that that's what you need to do to build your muscle. For me, I, I work out because I love it. I know it's good for your health and it's also Same. good for your mind. Is that why you do it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Both like when I was younger, I just used to love working out because I loved the way it made me feel and yeah. the way it made me look. And now... I my first and foremost it's I know it's healthy for me mm. for me like looking good is fine but I know I'm aging anyway I'm not like kind of like oh well I've had my kids now I'm just gonna let my body for me I just I know everyone's different but I genuinely want to look good and I love the way exercise makes me feel I even said yeah. to the woman in the sculpt class I said I'm so pleased that I've joined this gym because for six months I haven't done any exercise and my mental health in the last six months I've had huge health anxiety and I can't put it down I don't know what it's put down to whether it's me my age or whether it is just perimenopause, my anxiety is heightened. I think it can have something to do when you have a baby as well. I feel like you're you're just, you're more worried about like your own mortality because you have a baby. Yeah. Every day I look at her and I'm like, I just, I know I'm not going to be here for my, for your whole life and it breaks my heart, but I really want to be around for you to, yeah. C40, do you know what I mean? And it's just facing my own foot And I'm really pleased that I've joined that gym because actually I feel so much better. Maybe it's the meds, maybe it's the gym. But I do believe that exercise, like if I take my dogs for a walk, I feel so much better afterwards. Even yeah. if it's a we make that disconnect with exercise and we always think, oh, it's because I want to like look like a skinny mini and absolutely beach body ready, which I absolutely hate that marketing strategy that Me they too. did. But actually the biggest reason for exercising is because of the, of the release of the serotonin hormone because our muscles release it. So that obviously makes us happy as well. You were talking about high blood pressure. Hmm. So do you start getting high blood pressure when... 
Yeah, we uh, so that's, that's really complex, and it's not really just to do with the being perimenopause because we know it happens in men as well, and that's yeah. really because that aging you were saying about my own mortality. As we get older, we know that our blood vessels start to shrink, and we also know that the pressure, our blood pressure, increases as well. Our lives are very stressful as we get older mm. because of the multiple responsibilities now that we have, and then on top of that, you've got your children that you're trying to look after, your finances that you're trying to balance as well because you want to leave something behind. While, mortgage yeah. rates going mortgage up. Rates <laughs> cost of living crisis, uh, pandemic, and it? so that's going to increase the risk of bre- of um, blood cat. Sorry, blood, blood pressure. pressure. Yeah, how can so you, how can you make it less though? So again, it always comes back to lifestyle. So the first thing is, is that we categorize high blood pressure into uh, first stage hypertension, second stage and third stage. So the best way to do it is put a cuff on your arm that you're most rest and you ignore the first two reading and it's the third reading that you take a note of. Oh. That's so funny. We've got one of these at home. We always do, we do our blood pressure quite yeah. well. We've got, we actually yeah. got it and we do three. Yes. And we're always like, they're all different. Yes. So you, you take ignore the, the first two. Yeah, because the Why thing is, is if you that? think about it, there's a sensor in there that's checking the first heart rate heartbeat and the second one pain and just the anxiety of doing your blood pressure puts your blood pressure up so you put the cuff on and your brain goes ouch 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 blood pressure's high then the second one you go ouch ouch and then the third one your brain goes I know what Kate's doing she's actually checking her blood pressure when I go to the GP they check my blood pressure once is that because they're busy that's because we're busy (laughs) so you all think now you go back you'll say excuse me two more times please thank you three times so a lot of people actually I say to them don't do the blood pressure in my room because there's white coat syndrome as well. So although we yeah. don't wear white oh, coats okay. anymore. So I say to my patients, please do them at home and just bring them in with you because mm. I know that they're going to be, be more relaxed, they're more relaxed and they're most accurate. So it's always coming down to lifestyles. So look at your stress, look at your alcohol intake, your smoking, your diet, the exercise that you're doing. And then if it is that this is truly high blood pressure, so essential hypertension, then we've got lots of medications that we can give you to lower your blood pressure. Yeah, generally. my mum's on that. She's got mm. high blood yeah. pressure. She's on medication for it. Yeah, and, and that's the most important thing that we need to know. There are different medications at different ages and it yeah. controls your blood pressure because blood pressure is a silent killer. You will have sometimes even no symptoms whatsoever. And it's picked up by accident. And so the, uh, that's why around the 40s, I say to everybody, you're entitled to a free NHS health check. So phone up your GP practice um, and they'll be able to offer you a blood pressure monitor that you can do there and then or take away with you or get baseline bloods done just to have a look. It's like an MOT. And what about mammograms? When should we start getting mammograms? I don't even know how. I'm, I'm not joking. My boobs are so small. I don't think they'd fit in that little thing. <laughs> I don't know. How, to, how, they, how are they going to do mine? It's not about the size of your boobs. I'm actually going to say this. Size doesn't matter. But how do you want to fit in that squashy thing? I swear. We will still get it in a mammogram. So 52 or 50 is the national average of when you're invited. Yeah, routine NHS screening is when you're invited. And then you're invited every three years. Is there no way with the advances that technology have made that there can... So so it's literally just about feeling your boobs. But your boobs are kind of lumpy anyway, no? Oh my gosh, I feel my boobs all the time. They are quite lumpy. And I was like... I'm always feeling lumps and I've, yeah. been, I've gone for mammograms so much because Absolutely. I've been scared. So the first I've got really lumpy and all around your armpits there's all these little lymph So is it, are there meant to be a little bit lumpy? If it's a proper, it would be like a ball, would it? So our breasts are like uh, a glandular 
being. I mean, the breasts are literally fat tissue, right, mm-hmm. with glands in them because we feed milk to our, our offsprings. And so if you think about it, your boobs are what is normal for you. So really get to know them and not just wait until your 50s or 60s to start feeling them. Be breast aware much younger. And what you have a feel, and if you can, do it when you're sort of in bed, lying slightly flat at about 45 degree angle. Um, and then you have a real feel all around your boobs, underneath the nipple, um, and then underneath the armpit and around the collarbone. And you're feeling for lumps. That's the first thing. And I say to patients all the time, imagine that you've closed your eyes and you're feeling like a frozen pea. That distinctive change is what you're feeling for. Um, the size of a frozen pea as yeah, well. It, would be oh. that big. it can be different because you can have like petty poppies, can't you? <laughs> I'm thinking of a petty pot. Oh, right, right, that's what yeah. yeah. Is it the size of a petty pot or so an English posh. garden pea? You are so posh. It's <laughs> the only ones in my local supermarket. <laughs> And then also in a mirror, you need to look for skin changes. So you're looking for nipple discharge, any dimpling of the skin, any like almost like orange peel skin that you can see that change. And and also if one boob is bigger than the other. pain. Does everyone not have that though? Yeah, you yeah. do have a slight because I'm right-handed, so I would say my right boob is slightly bigger than my left. But but you do, but it's that mark change between the size of the boobs that you're I looking for. I never knew you had to feel your collarbone. Yeah, because your lymph nodes are up oh, here. You feel, so you're sorry, feeling you feel your, your collarbone. Yeah, so uh, just, just here because your lymph nodes are here. How far, like all the way, just all along the collarbone. You've got sort of if you can Whoa. feel a lump there, that's also. And then the other the, the other thing that, that a lot of um, women come and see me for sure uh, for is breast pain because they say, oh, I've got breast pain. This must mean cancer. Actually, the studies again and again have shown that pain is not a contri- it's not an asso- it is an associated symptom, but it is not the cause. Pain isn't caused by breast cancer because actually it's a silent condition. Can I just say, since I've turned forty, the, pa- the unexplained pain I have in my body is a joke. Yeah. Is that normal? Like I just get pain everywhere, and then I'll go and see someone about it, and they'll be like. That is Imagine when we're eighty. Pain. I just get yeah, pain in my that's boobs. That's why I get movement pain in my... is so, so important. Exercise so is the like, is like the holy grail. The holy grail is exercise. Let, let's talk about skin. I know it's not the most important, but it's quite important to me. It's very important. Yeah, <laughs> one of the most important things. Um, Collagen obviously disappears. We were talking about collagen earlier. You were saying that with oestrogen, it's all not, the hormones. Yeah, so you're not creating as much collagen. What can you do? Is it just like to, to make sure that your skin is good, is it really just down to sleep, diet, water? Water. Oh, my God. I'm so happy you've said water. Yes. Let's all take a swig. We need, an, we need another bottle. Can get another litre, please. I've finished my cup. Yeah, you have. You've been so good because okay. you've been Go sipping away. But water is so important because, again, it's all about that hydration and getting as much water as possible. Yeah. And... <clears throat> And diet and exercise and stress. and There's exercise again. Again, everywhere. exactly. It's going to be... A, and then what products do you use? So, for example, moisturizers with hyaluronic acid. Yeah. And they're going to be really great because they'll pump up your skin. Why? Because they absorb water back into the skin again. Um, and anything that you can do that is, means that you're getting good amount of sleep. Because we forget that sleep, sleep is so important. I know, with kids. I'm obsessed with sleep, honestly. Oh. That's why you look amazing. No, <laughs> I I've just had a facial today girls <laughs> I wish I could sleep I just feel like my I don't know if it's worth having a solid she's actually a very good sleeper but I just I she's two right yeah I, I came off I was on CBD oil which I rate actually yeah. for two no three years and I've recently come off it if I took it before bed I would fall asleep that and I could would, be and like I'd wake up and I wouldn't that, 
Is that, it is it placebo? Yeah. yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you know so, what? It was working for me, and I've come off it, and I'm like that. Ah! So the day at four to, in the morning, I was online shopping. How much? Okay. How much sleep should you be getting a oh, night when you're forty? I don't want to oh, hear this. Gosh. I don't want to hear it. So I love sleep chat. The <laughs> studies, the studies keep showing time and time again, anything between sort of six to eight hours. But who has six to eight hours? And I some do. are very I much. Do, yeah. Some are very much like it has to be eight hours. No. Yes, this is what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. So. And, and I need to get more than seven or I can feel, I feel yeah. hungover. And and now that I've sort of, now as a mother of three kids and as a clinician, there's there's textbook answers and then there's real life. And yeah. there's a real yeah. difference as we've realised. And I th- I found that if you can if you can manage between sort of seven to six to eight, I think you should have leeway. Because yeah. hours just go like this, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, then that is reasonable. I'm but I always come back to the same adage. It's what your body is able to cope with and what yeah. your body feels is enough for me Some because everybody's individual Some people do five yeah. and they're like I know. grand is it the like day. The Rock only has like five or four hours one of my hours. friends does five a night and she's like any more than that would be too much for me so that's, that's so that's good for your skin mind. but what about you you were saying you noticed a change in your skin as well when yeah. uh, like that you felt like it was cling filmy is that what you said yeah saying? it just feels thinner like yeah. it feels a bit more like when I'm I just remember being youthful and you looking in my skin, yeah, like looking my skin in the mirror and just seeing like a porcelain kind of like, I just feel like the changes in my skin over the last few years. I I notice wrinkles. I'm like... Do you think you need to change it? Did you change your products when you got to like 40? Well, my skin was actually very bad until recently. I went on some new products. I use ZO by Zane of RG and um, I've really noticed how clear my skin's got from that because I was still at 43 getting spots and it didn't feel clear so I'm on this new strict regime I went to see a doctor he prescribed me these products and I have to like use an exfoliating cleanser for 60 seconds which is really annoying because it's morning and night it's a long time isn't it you just want to splash and dash so 60 seconds then I use a serum then I use this like uh, I use a wipe sorry it's like a an alcohol wipe it smells like an alcohol wipe I'm sure it's not and then there's the serum and then there's a uh, sort of anti-redness thing but I love them now but it's just the wrinkles and the like the sagginess, like I filmed myself doing something the other day and I was editing the video and then I caught like myself looking so on side view and I was like, I could just see my mum, like my jowls. I was like, oh my God, I've got jowls and I've got the gobble gobbles. Oh, stuff under isn't the that chin. a privilege? Yes, like, I know. No, 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 listen, privilege I am to so get wrinkled to be ageing and to be living. Yes, like, yeah. as and my, you're beautiful. Literally, I, no, I'm not saying, and I, I don't want to sound ungrateful for being alive and having wrinkles because I agree yeah. I should embrace it Just I don't. but there are things that you can do I to make feel yourself better feel better and exactly. I think when you get to 40 you have to change but like even if it's like the winter or the summer you have to change your skin routine I think it is important my teeth have moved as well I swear your teeth moved is that yes, true? yes there is there is a Why? lot of dental stuff that happens my teeth I actually moving. noticed that because I put in my gum shield for like teeth yeah, yeah, last yeah. Night. I was like oh my god so these barely fit there, there is a lot so I speak to lots of dentist friends and my sister is a dentist as well and we've had this conversation too if you remember around pregnancy Pregnancy time, mm. you end up getting gums that are bleeding, etc., and swollenness yeah. because of the hormone change. You start getting this. That's why your teeth health and your dental health is so important, actually. Yeah. I would say even more so than, say, what your skin is doing yeah. on mm. the outside when you're going to about your 40s. So keep up with those six monthly hygienist checks, please. And then, uh, yeah, you do need to do that. But like with your skin, so there's two things your alcohol. What are the, what's that? That's I'm bad never, for your skin. Do you know what? Alcohol, if, if right, 
Okay, my relationship with alcohol, obviously I'm a Muslim doctor and I'm, <laughs> I'm like teetotal. You hate it. <laughs> this is why your skin's good. Yeah. When I wake up after I've been drinking, I just look like a lot of Oh, you look like 90. Oh. Your skin looks yeah. so gross, It's like, how it? do I look so You're old? So dehydrated. 14 units is the recommended amount for men and women. And if you can stick to those 14 units and you can use various apps like Drinkaware apps or the NHS app to to have a look at how much you're drinking. There are and good then, non-alcoholic options and, as well. Oh my and goodness, are, I was like, just beers, about to say everything. that. Mocktails, okay, That's the sugar okay. content is awful, but yeah. um, um, mocktail mojito every day. Yeah, yeah. There are good alcoholic. Um, there are alcoholic a really good, and you can't even tell the difference. But it's apparently. just yeah. fun. That's the yeah. Thing. You'd feel drunk. So you and your CBD oil, you'd be like really <laughs> drunk on non-alcoholic gin. Have you become like a lightweight mocktails <laughs> like they did in Big Brother? Do you remember that when they ploughed them with like non-alcoholic um, drinks, and did then they? Kinger oh. ended up doing that thing yes. with the white and she was like I was drunk and they were like this is big brother it was non-alcoholic oh. drinks and she was like oh no well it I is it makes you oh yes like I that. do remember she that she felt like I was but a the huge thing big with brother the, fan but with, oh, but with alcohol it is just I wish it wasn't so fun because it I just love fun. do you know what it is and even just once sometimes if I've had a really bad day with my child I just need a glass of wine so and this I'm like, is, thank this is where that's allowed though so it's... this is where I've come to now because I think that okay we're all about sort of being great and fitness but right we have a finite time on this earth as human beings you could either have that be like enjoying it or being absolutely miserable and living till 100 yeah. so I always say to my patients when I'm starting any sort of conversation about treatments etc I say if you want to have that glass of wine or you want to have that bar of chocolate and then you know it's within moderation don't deny yourself because your brain yeah. will keep saying to you have it have, have it, it have, have it, it have it. it and if you need that after a day and actually it gives you pleasure for that short period to get over what you need to do you can just sort of do your exercise or compensate the next day because life life is so everything short everything in balance life is so short my grandma and grandpa always said everything in moderation and they did absolutely everything they didn't follow a specific diet they ate meat yeah. they ate fish they ate dairy yeah. they ate, like they had fresh but they ate fresh all the time but they did yeah. still eat chocolate and cake yeah. and drink wine and my grandpa lived till he was nearly 99 and my grandma lived isn't that a great example let's sleep have a bit of alcohol, loads of water. I would much rather exercise and eat water because people don't believe, and I'm sure people don't believe you. And they're like, you can't eat pastries, you can't eat chocolate bars, and I'm like, I do. Yeah. But because we move so much, we lose the we, we keep the weight off. Whereas I could never not exercise and just live on a salad. And, but and also, live on a food salad is just... food is pleasure, food is joy, and I think food is so linked to our mental health as well. It is. Yeah. And if I you are denying that. yourself and you're utterly miserable and it's driving your depression or your anxiety even further then actually that's not a good thing to do because the amount of patients that I see who say I don't touch a chocolate bar ever in my life but they really they really want to and I wanted to ask you about sex does your sex drive go down after 40 okay so yes it does and it's for both men and women but let me let me sort of put this into context again mine has because oh has it yeah Mine has. Yeah, not and again, it's it. not just because of our well, hormones. Well, do you know what? There's a lot going on, though. That's it. Yeah. So I thought it was because I've had a kid, but then someone's like, no, it's your age as well. No, there are lots going on. And we also know with men as well, uh, your production of your testosterone hormone, which we were talking about earlier, which is your like, get up and go and the hormone that feeds your libido, we know that that decreases. And the reason is, is because I sort of liken it to the fact this is not exact science, but we know that as your estrogen decreases, your sex hormone binding globulin also decreases. My and what, for, sorry? <laughs> Binding globulin. That doesn't sound very sexy. Sex, <laughs> Sex hormone binding globulin. So. <laughs> 
sounds so funny. Sorry, I'm so mature. But, but, that's like this. go home and tell Vaj that. Be like, my so, sex, it's because of my sex hormone binding couplet, Vajon. <laughs> and so we know that when your serum testosterone decreases and your binding globulin <laughs> increases, your binding globulin, yeah, then no. you almost need enough estrogen for the testosterone to piggyback off that, if that makes sense, because it has to lock in together to work to have the activated like sort of effect. plays such a big part. Yes. Exactly, it really does. That's why we're sort of on the brink of understanding our hormones. And so testosterone is so important for our libido. What can we yeah. do to increase our sex drive? Because I do think I've just become, I feel sorry for that. So the one <laughs> thing that I hate, the Not one thing I absolutely detest, which is something unfortunately driven by medical doctors, is that, you know, use it or lose it analogy just lie back and have more sex and that will get you more sex and interesting but actually when it comes to the vulval and vaginal tissues it's far more complex we know that also there is something called genitourinary syndrome of the menopause so gsm or vaginal atrophy so atrophy is essentially you're getting shrinkage of the cells in around the vulva and the vagina which means that some women end up getting a whole host of symptoms varying from either overproduction of vaginal fluids, uh, vaginal dryness. They might get splitting if they've had episiotomies. Those episiotomy scars can be really sore. They can find that having smears is quite difficult. They get stress incontinence or urge incontinence. Sex is painful for them. Mm. And actually what we need to do is start really educating women that this exists and it's not all in their head and that there is really simple precautions that they can use from vaginal moisturizers uh, which are non-hormonal based vaginal um, lubricants yeah. I think it's a bit of a taboo isn't it that like the yeah. whole you know <clears throat> I could have sat here and gone oh I haven't but like I'm, I'm pretty open on I'm a bit of an overshare about like my sex drive has gone down yeah. but I still think the whole sex drive and vaginal dryness vaginal this and vagina, it's still a bit of our age you just kind of just want to but I think that's what's so beautiful you? about yeah. you because you're so about. young and being being sh- this is why like I love women's health because if I tell a woman a bit of information there's no way she'll ever keep that to herself she'll yeah, go yeah, home yeah, and she'll yeah. like, do you know what Dr. Nagat said <laughs> 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 but also and so I love women who are oversharers because when you overshare you spread knowledge and mm. knowledge just means that other people will light their candle in that knowledge and yeah. be, benefit them but also what it means is that it informs me as a doctor because not every woman is textbook. So mm. actually things like perimenopause, the symptoms are growing because women are reporting them. I see. Yeah. So, so that's, that's how why. medical science and medical advancements happen. So, for example, that's why I say to women in their 30s, you know, you're not bomb proof. You need to think about your vagina and start moisturizing down below. In your 30s? Yeah. God, of I, don't, I don't think I've, I've ever moisturized I've my never vagina. Moisturized. Nobody got the memo for it. Did you not get the memo? When you, like, we'll say moisturize your vagina. Are you talking about, sorry guys, I'm just going to be a bit graphic here. Are we just kind of moisturizing the outside, the outside or the inside? Or are we going inside? Oh, no, inside. Okay, so really? you've got the vulva. So you've got Could the. Could you pic- put it on his willy and then put it inside? Oh, this is such a good question. This is such a good question. So what's the difference between moisturizers um, and lubricants? So there's a real difference between (laughs) vaginal moisturizers and vaginal lubricants. I'll I'll let you into a bit of a secret. All the lubes out there are made for men. Are made for men. You You heard this. She told me earlier. I was like, what? Yeah. Why are condoms lubed? For men. Oh. Yeah. 
it's for men. Yes. For goodness sake. Well, well I'm going to go. Every day. <laughs> I'm going to go and buy myself some vaginal moisturizer and I can't wait to use it. <laughs> and because moisturizers have hyaluronic acid in them, they're water based. So that means that it you're going to get a younger looking vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Designer vagina. But it means that it will plump up the cells and it's non hormonal based. And so those cells will add the moisture and help the vaginal flora. So when you're yeah. having sex, for great effective sex, whether it's vaginal or anal, I make no judgments. But then actually you should be using a vaginal moisturizer in your vagina and a lubricant, which is oil based on your partner because he's entering you. So oil and water, so water-based moisturizer Mm -hmm. and oil-based lubricant, well, oil and water don't mix, they slide. So that makes sex so much more comfortable. If I I leave here, go to Boots, which one am I going to buy? A vaginal moisturiser. Can you recommend? Yeah, definitely. So there's so many on the market out there. I'm 10 years too late. Go check your Boots. There are so many out there, but specifically look for what it says, moisturisers. But also also make sure that they've got no glycerin in them because glycerin... We are born and we die with, say, val- candida. So we are we have candida albicans, which is thrush. Mm. And if you have things like, if you're prone to getting thrush infections, and if you use a moisturizer that's got glycerins in it, we know that that will make your thrush infections come back. But surely there are, surely, why would they put glycerin in a vaginal moisturizer? Because some women, um, it doesn't affect, it doesn't affect them. That's but, why. But don't, whatever you do, just go home and use your regular moisturizer. No, don't do not do use that. your no. face moisturizer. Okay, Kate, what's the best thing about being in your 40s? That's a really difficult question. I'll tell you what the best thing about being in my 40s is, that I've, that I really can look back at my life and say I did all the fun stuff and that I'm kind and I'm finally and that I'm finally taking a back seat. Like I love living a more chilled out and wholesome life. I genuinely enjoy it. Yeah. And in my 20s it was fast paced and it was wild. But it was exhausting. Like, I really love how laid back my life is now. And maybe someone in their 40s listening to this is doing the opposite. Yeah. And they, like, had a quite a chilled out 20s, 30s, and they're going, well. But for me, I just feel like I'm a re- at a really happy place. Like, I've, I never thought I'd say this, but I've got a child, and I'm, like, I'm really happy that I did it. Like, I yeah. genuinely, for a long time, resisted and thought, no, I'm I don't I'm so happy it. you did it. Yeah, I am, too. Thank you for... Thank you for the advice. <laughs> for trying She's to like, force you too, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> so I just good. really love the pace of life. Yeah. And I love that I'm I'm just really happy and content with staying in, getting a takeaway, having a glass of wine and watching something on that's TV. Like the dream. Oh, that's the like dream. the dream. Yeah. 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 Now this final question is for both of you. Do you think the stereotype that women disappear uh, within popular cultures in their fourth 40s is changing. Are we? I think it is changing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, oh, definitely. even in their 50s and 60s. Like, yeah. Uh, like yeah. people, you can't say, are oh, we getting old at 40? Because we're living longer for a start. No. And I know women in their 70s who are so active and that are doing so much and that are still out there, like having fun and not, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Like my mum couldn't be more glamorous. Yeah. She's she's 70. Yeah. And she's just like, yeah. like you couldn't miss her. Like I just don't think women are shrinking violence no, no, anymore. No, totally not at all. But also, I'm always reminded of a quote from. Uh, um, oh gosh her name is Elaine Hoover I think that's her name I might have to correct that Um, but she's a journalist and a poet and she wrote about pain and and she goes that my mother my grandmother went through pain my mother went through pain I'm going through it and now I'll be damned if my daughter goes through it 
And I think when you start thinking the fact that actually it's not really what's happening in our generation, mm. it's what's going to happen in your daughter's generation or, or you know, my nieces, because I've got three boys and the next generation of girls and the next generation of girls, mm. that you think we have to make sure that women's health is great. Because mm -hmm. if a woman is well in the unit, in the household unit, actually the whole household is well. If the whole household is well, then the economy of the country is well. So it's literally built on women. Go the girlers. We'll leave it on that <laughs> note. Love, I love it, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, you both that. so much. That was brilliant. I love that chat. Oh, that's an amazing quote. And we're going to have to wrap things up there. Huge thanks to both Kate Lawler and Dr. Nigat Arif for joining me today for this brilliant insight into health and wellness for women in their 40s. It feels like a particularly exciting time of life and something to actually really look forward to rather than fear. And for any listeners looking to maintain and protect their mental and physical health, please do visit the Women's Health Advice section of the Boots Health Hub, where you'll find information on everything from menopause to sexual health. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe because it really helps people get the word out. Until next time, goodbye.